Here's the legal stuff from Football Index. FI is a gambling product available to customers in certain territories aged 18 or over. The content of this podcast has not been approved by Football Index, but they do listen to the show to keep me on my toes. Please remember to only gamble what you can afford to lose. BeGambleAware.org and when the fun stops, stop. to the Football Index podcast episode 170. And last week I was joined by F.I. Boise, who is, he actually works as a market maker, which is awesome. And it was a fantastic episode. Do go check that out. I've already called it the best episode of the year, even though it was the first episode of the year. Um, but hoping that, or someone here is hoping that they can do better is Sam Friedman returning to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I mean, I've seen you tweeting a lot on your personal account, a lot on your FI Twitter account. It's been all all guns blazing on on Twitter recently, hasn't it? Or certainly since the pandemic. Yeah, well, I've been I've been doing a lot of um, a lot of tweets on on the vaccination drive because obviously, like most people, I'm pretty desperate to see that going as well as possible um, to get us out of the uh, general malaise we're in. L- less tweets on uh, FI Twitter as. Um, uh, it's been a pretty um, uh, miserable and grim place recently. Unfortunately, you're right, yeah. There's lots of people taking out their frustration on each other rather than uh, constructively. But but hey, um, hopefully we can have a good chat today about uh, some of the ways forward. Yeah, I mean, why don't you remind people a little bit about uh, your Football Index journey and a bit more about your background as well? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, so I started on Football Index two and a half years ago, uh, summer 2018. Um uh, during the World Cup, um, got got uh, got um, uh, very uh, found it very enjoyable uh, from a from a from a very early stage, and um, uh, quickly got into the community, got onto Slack, um, uh, and so I was talking to people about how it all worked. Um, uh, did a did a pod with you? I think early twenty nineteen was the first time I was on. Um, and uh, have always really been very interested in, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I like football, but I also um, I'm fascinated by behavioural economics and psychology and have always seen football index as being a fascinating case study in, uh, in that um, and tried to apply lessons from that to, to the way I trade and tried to help other people apply those um, lessons too. My, my day job has nothing to do whatsoever with it. I'm... Um, I've always worked in education policy and politics. I now run a, a charity that works uh, mainly in Africa on education policy, working with governments there. Um, but uh, as you say, a very active social media user and, and Twitter user. So uh, you, used to getting into lots of rows and debates with people. <laughs> and uh, most of the time coming out on the uh, on the better end of it, I've seen your, your personal account skyrocketing followers going like 30, 25 30k to, to 60k recently i think that's to do with some uh, hot takes on, on on the political landscape of the uk more so than football but um i mean kind of speaking on that we've got some miscellaneous questions from a few people that know you relatively well uh fi done well here who you speak to um uh quite frequently question for sam f who is more incompetent the management at football index or the current secretary of state for education um <laughs> 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 nice one to open with. Uh, I, I will have to say the Secretary of State for Education. I do think for all the problems with Football Index, 
Um, I do think the people who run it at least care about the product and want it to go well um, and, are, and are trying to find ways uh, to, to, to get out of our, our recent malaise with it. Whereas I don't think Gavin Williamson cares at all about education <laughs> um, and is a pretty cynical bastard. Um, so, um, so, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not gonna, I think that's about the lowest bar you can jump over being, um, being more competent than Gavin Williamson, but I do think they just about clear that bar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the next question was who's more odious, Gavin Williams or Adam Cole. And I mean, Adam Cole's a lovely man. Yeah. I don't think they're odious. Um, I think Gavin Williams odious just to be clear, but I don't think anyone, I don't think the FI management are odious in any way. I think that, that they've, um, they've made some big missteps as, as, as you know, I'm sure, I don't think there's many people would, 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 would argue with that now, um, including probably then, uh, over the last uh, year. Um, and Adam's gone and Mike's come in and is, and, and there's obviously there's a big job to do to get things back on track. Um, but um, I don't think they're bad people. I've got a question here from FILL. Uh, what was your favourite part of uh, Kahneman's thinking fast and slow and how can one relate to it and implement onto FI? Um, yeah, I think people who've, who've, who've uh, heard me speak on this pod and, and elsewhere before know I'm fairly obsessed with um, Daniel Kahneman um, and his book, Thinking Fast and Slow, which everyone should read, oh, Football sorry. Index or not. Um, it's just the the best guide to how we think the errors we make in our thinking and, and uh, how we can um, uh, improve that. Um, and, and I've talked before about uh, some of the, the elements of um, the book that I think do apply to Football Index. One of his most famous findings is that we're much more averse to losses than we are positive about gains, which I think explains a lot about market psychology and, uh, and panic. Uh, and why we're very prone to to panicking uh, when we see losses uh, appear, um, and I think a lot of people's psychology will be different from when I was last on the, on the pod because perhaps a lot of their players are maybe even even overall now they're showing a loss, and that um, has a very powerful impact on your psychology. He talks a lot about frames um, and the choices that we make and how we frame the the choices that we make. Um, so, so when you present information in in different ways, we we think about it differently, um, and I think that definitely applies to things like uh, the way order books have affected um, pricing, where information is being presented in a different way, and and suddenly it's having a, a you know uh, people can have a much bigger impact, an individual can have a much bigger impact on price, um, and that changes how people think about players regardless of their intrinsic value or what they might have thought about their value um, six months ago. So I think there's lots of lessons in there. One thing I would say is that he's got a new book coming out, which I'm very excited about, called Noise, which is coming out in May. I'm not his agent. I don't get any commission. But, um, uh, I'm very excited about it. And uh, this book is actually really is about decision making. It's about helping decision makers make better decisions. So I think that will be an absolute must read for um, traders. Mm. And if you want to go check out Thinking Fast and Slow, it's, it's on my site, footballindexguide.com, uh, alongside some all the other great books and, and other reading materials in the tools and resources uh, bit of the site. Uh, James Black here says, you've been a calming voice on Slack, etc. throughout the recent turbulent Football Index storms. We will thank you for that. But have, ever, have FI ever reached out and contacted you directly for any thoughts and advice? If not, they fucking should. <laughs> 
<laughs> nice, nice of him to say so. Uh, no, no, they haven't. Um, they've um, they've not not asked me to to do that. Um, uh, I've been involved. I had I was involved in one sort of trader meet conversation uh, last year. Um, but apart from that, no. Um, I'm always be happy to uh, talk to them. But you know, I'm sure they they I know they get advice from lots and lots of traders and from all over the place. So. Um, no particular reason why they would why they would seek me out before we move on i need to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by index gain they are basically data community and software intertwined they have mobile and desktop data tools powered by opta and some amazing reports on their site indexgain.co.uk which show you previous yields of footballers uh, from a pb and mb perspective they also have price movement notifications on their slack app straight onto your mobile and an awesome portfolio management site as well. It's just a massive community to interact with and connect with alongside some awesome tools that help you with your trading. So if you guys are interested and want a discount, um, head over to indexgame.co.uk and use the code FIG2021 for uh, that discount. Um, You're a big fan, aren't you, Sam? Yeah, it's been um, uh, integral to all the time I've spent on um, on, on Football Index. I joined the Slack uh, channel early on um, and have been on it throughout. Um, and uh, yeah, I think there's been some moments uh, over the last few months where where it's been invaluable having people around you to say, what the hell's going on? Why is this happening? And, and to, to, to sort of figure it out with a group is so much easier than doing it by yourself or, you know, maybe with one or two people. Um, so the community itself is worth the, the premium um, membership, but um, but then the data is also um, even now that even though there's now a FI data center, the FI data is the index gain data is um, much better in my opinion. There's much more thorough. There's a lot more there. Yeah, a lot more there. A lot more ways to present that data and a lot more ways to help you with your with your decision making. Um, we've got a question here from Grills Thirty Five from the Fig Discord. Uh, discuss FI's long term strategy and decision making in relation to in-play dividends. When in August they doubled in-play dividends and made them permanent. In September they run they ran a five x promo cash grab, inflating in-play dividend player prices. And on New Year's Eve they post details on player yields, including in-play dividends and eight days later removing play dividends very few people would have complained if rpds hadn't been doubled in august so what are your thoughts overall about this sam well it's a bit of a mess isn't it um when you, when you outline it like when that you outline it, it like that um i suppose my, my my thoughts are that it's never been very strategic right from the start of its introduction it was always awkward and um trying to fix a problem with the uh, way that the PB system works that I'm sure we'll come on to later in the discussion. Um, but I don't think it was ever the right way to fix that problem. It was always a bolt-on that um, that was uh, that was ungainly and, 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 and didn't really work properly. And then in recent months, that's become more and more apparent. Um, but um, the reason I say that is that the, 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 the essential problem with PB, and I've said this before and I'll say it for the rest of time if I have to, is that not enough people win it's you know on a, on a big Saturday when there's 25 30 games on everyone's that's when people are focused on football that's when people are engaged there are three now four players that can win a performance-based uh, reward and one of them has to be a goalkeeper and no one holds goalkeepers so um 
it's just not enough. And given that most traders don't have huge portfolios uh, and most traders, especially newer ones, won't have a lot of money in uh, yet, um, there's just a very good chance that not only will your players not win, but they won't even be in the race really for for for, for that kind of big uh, jackpot prize at the end of the day. Um, and I think IPD was a way to generate a bit more short term excitement because for for people who's who might not be winning PB very often by giving them you know uh, small wins for goals and goals and assists, but by doing it in a way that. Um, uh, required uh, was, was only for 30 days went against the long-term nature of the platform it went against what actually the USP of the product really was um, but then having got over the initial bump when everyone was very grumpy about it um, you know, people got used to it it was a good source of cash I've certainly used them plenty I'm, you know I've, I've made plenty of money out of them um, myself um, and, uh, and and you know once once people get used to having something they don't like it taken away again so it became something that, that they sort of you know, built into the structure of the of the platform, and people got became you know used to expecting. And then they said um, when they did the review earlier uh, last year, that these are now these are permanent. These are these are not a promo anymore. This is something that, that's sticking. Um, uh, and then they did the five time offer, which was again incredibly lucrative. I oh, yeah, made made plenty of money out of it, but from a platform perspective absolutely stupid um because especially in the illiquid conditions that we were in in a highly illiquid market uh creating a temporary situation where you create completely distorting rewards um was was um extremely daft and i think was a panic in response to the um uh disappointment that surrounded the first uh div review uh last year which was uh gave some pretty pretty small mediocre rises they saw that they panicked. They went for this bigger. This is a kind of back, uh, temporary way of uh, maintaining excitement and trading. Whereas if they just got the original offer right and ended up where they got it um, later on, uh, it wouldn't have been necessary. Um, but I think you know. Then we then we hit all of the kind of current problems: um, illiquid order book system, um, and. Um, and the, and it became completely clearly completely unsustainable to run IPDs with much lower prices when people were able to recycle very easily and cheaply. So essentially, something they were supposed to be paying out for thirty days, they were really became an almost permanent dividend um, uh, because people just kept refreshing. Even even players that had used to be too expensive for that to be viable were now in range uh, and it was very clearly i said in a tweet anyone with a calculator could work out it was not going to be um, affordable for them um but but they probably could have figured that out um uh, quite a while ago um and uh and and therefore this, this sharp shift back in the other direction which may be inevitable but nevertheless feels uh, against what they were saying last year is as understandably frustrating for a lot of people, even if it was, I think, um, an inevitable function and probably something that should have happened a long time ago. Yeah, I think one thing there and a bit of context is that they were made permanent before offers came in, of course. And I presume that FI thought that offers were going to go a lot better for some, for some reason um than they did and that the prices would be maintained enough that you know ipds wouldn't harm them that much or as much financially but 
I can't understand how they didn't do more forecasting on that kind of decision to make them permanent in then moving into this new system, which, let's be honest, completely has changed the game, both for traders, but also for FI's business model to some extent. Yeah, and, and you're right. Of course, they expected offers to go better. Yeah, to be fair, most people did. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think uh, there, may, there may have been a few pessimists who, 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 who accurately predicted it would be uh, what it has been. But I think most people thought it would be handled better uh, and therefore would go better. Um, but even if it had gone better and players' prices were higher on average, it would still be the case that you'd have a lot of very effective IPD players, you know, players like Karen Benzema, for instance, uh, who would still be quite cheap just because of their age. And therefore, you'd still, in an order book model, have, um, it would be very easy to recycle those players. Um, so you'd still have this problem. It would be lesser, less, um, uh, less of a problem, but it would still be there. Uh, and yeah. they could have anticipated that. I just think in an order book system, that type of thing didn't really make sense to me. Yeah. I... I just couldn't understand, like, if people were saying low prices, and I understand that low prices mean it's worse financially for FI, but in terms of it, just in isolation with order books, it just didn't really make that much sense to me. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't fit very well with order books. And, um, you know, uh, I've been uh, advocating for a very different way of doing dividends for, for a long time. Um and uh, and I, and I hope that this is this this um, opportunity is taken to 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 think about some some radical change. I hope they don't just introduce a temporary promotion or a, a sort of a trading incentive, um, but but do look at the uh, uh, the structure of the way uh, their reward system works um, in a bit more in a bit more depth. Yeah, we'll move on to that in in a while because we've got loads of questions about potential replacements for it but i mean from an ipd perspective it was not forcing encouraging people to sell when necessarily they don't necessarily want to sell um you know uh it was kind of watering down the long-term proposition and the 30-day kind of recycling nature of it was a bit strange objectively like if you were looking at it from the outside in it was just a bit of a weird thing to do and i think for me, like if I look at if FI are going to be really successful in the future, I don't think it's going to be by winning the short-term race. Um, I've never really thought that. I've never really thought that this company makes a big dent in the gambling market if they focus more on an in-play dividend standpoint. And what actually ended up happening on order, in this order book system and a very illiquid one that we had was that there was sometimes more liquidity in the low-cap players than there were in the higher-cap players, which, you know, in a market traditionally the, the kind of higher caps have more liquidity and they have more bids and offers on both sides um naturally speaking and that kind of subverted that where you had like a, a bruno or a whatever else player up there that were less liquid than like a karen benzema like you mentioned yeah i think that's right um it, it just you know the, the the usp of the platform has to be about um uh, making long-term bets on a player or at least trading other people's long-term bets on a player right even if you want to be a scalper you has to be in the context of trading other people's long-term bets on players so if it if if, if the money shifts more and more towards essentially um short-term action-based trading um or betting it moves more and more to like conventional betting in a way 
um, and uh, uh, and doesn't have that doesn't have that USP. I think the other point worth mentioning is I, I don't think most people realise how much of the dividend pot was going on IPD. Like we're saying, it shouldn't be the I, the USP. A huge it was a huge cost getting bigger and bigger as a proportion of the pot because of the ease of recycling. Like on a normal Saturday, normal gold day Saturday, there are about hundred goals and assists. And clean sheets across, you know, roughly speaking, across across all all, all games, two p two p a go. You know, I know defender goals a bit more, but let's say two p gets two pounds worth of dividends they're paying out in IPD every gold day, um, and that is uh, four times as much as they're paying out, or just uh, just under four times as much as they're paying out on PB and, and MB in terms of the amount of dividend. Now, obviously that. MB and PB is paid on all shares and the IPD is only paid on 30-day shares. But given how much recycling was going on um, and how many of those shares were constantly eligible for IPD, you can see how much of a proportion of their overall payout was, was going to going through through IPD. So that this, this will save them an enormous amount of money, um, which is why I say if, if they don't do something uh, exciting! I will be um, I'll be disappointed because they should be able to, to take a saving, which they'll have to do because it was overextending them, and still be able to do something uh, decent with what's left. Yeah, because even if like thirty or forty percent of those shares are eligible, but even ten percent is a massive cost. Um, you know, in, in the little bit and back of the napkin mass that you've done, you've perceived all of them are. But if it is even like five, ten, twenty percent of them, that's a that's a massive. Yeah, and I think it's going to be, you know, for players like Benzema for Immobile, um, it's going to be a lot more than that because, because you know, what you know, people were just refreshing them all the time. Um, you know, your Messi's and, and, and so on will be lower, but, but for, for a lot of players, it would be a lot more than 5%, 10%. So I just think that people underestimate the, the very extensive cost to them. Got a question here from Old Man FI, and it's a three-parter. It says, with Sam's interest in psychology, I'm interested in knowing his thoughts on the following. So what impact did the way the recent change have on traders? So fo- focusing on areas like trust and confidence, for example. So obviously what FI have done, the output of it, a lot of people agree with it. Some people disagree. I, I kind of read the overall sentiment of it, that the actual axing of in-play dividends was backed by most the, the majority of traders. But the way it was communicated, I think 99% of people would agree was was pretty poor. Yeah, and I think this is cumulative. Trust is a cumulative thing, right? It builds, uh, you you build a capital with people um, that, that you then deplete uh, or increase. Uh, and I think uh, the, the initial response to the pandemic um, built a lot of trust and capital with traders. I think they handled it well. Um, even though they turned off IS, I think most people understood why, given given what was happening with the uncertainty of COVID and the offers that they did as a replacement for football were well received and, and kept the thing going. So I think they'd actually built up a, a reasonable amount of trust by the summer. And then we just saw a, a series of things that have reduced trust. You know, the initial sort of fairly... Um, uh, shambolic interview with Adam Cole, then the initial, di- then the first div announcement, then the five times IPD, then they did redid the div announcement, then order books, then they had to change order books. Yeah, you know, it's been, uh, and then the last few months, there's been a real sense of them repeatedly over promising and under delivering. So, so from a relatively high base of trust in the summer, they, they've depleted their stock massively. So then, when you get to an announcement like like IPD, 
six months ago, people might have been much more accepting of that. They might have seen that and say and, and, and said, oh, they're, well, they're just holding the good stuff for, for a couple of weeks or um, you know, they want to get the bad news out of the way and then, and then build something positive out of it. Um, or they, would have, they would have thought of reasons why that was um, uh, a fair way to handle it. Now, with so much trust depleted, you go to the worst interpretations or they don't know what they're doing. They don't have a replacement lined up. Um, they don't care about traders. They don't. You know. So, so every single time this happens, your store of trust depletes, and the importance of getting it bang on goes up, um, uh, and it puts more and more pressure to get it right next time. Was there anything in the notion or thinking that a lot of people have speculated on that this was done at the kind of bottom sentiment wise? Like, let's deliver some bad news when sentiment is really, really bad. Um, a lot of people have just said that. Let's rip uh, the FI. I've just ripped the plaster off when sentiment is at an all-time low so they can kind of rebuild from the ground up well i mean i think i mean obviously i don't have any any um particular insight into into the internal discussions that are going on at fi if i had to guess you know clearly they 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 moved adam out of the role they they you know, that was a fairly clear statement that they knew they were they'd, they'd gone in the wrong direction and they were in trouble um they've moved mike into the role mike has signaled i think as clearly as he can do without um completely slagging off his chair um that uh that that he didn't agree with some of the direction of uh, of where things were going and he wants to make some quite substantive changes so i think the most positive spin you could put on on, on the this announcement is you've had a new ceo come in who's looking at a very difficult situation and is just going you know, shit i need to sort this out um and you take some pretty unpopular decisions uh, in order to give myself the space to rebuild something that's going to work uh, and is going to and is going to sell, um, and I might as well just do those quickly. Uh, and you know, there, there, there's a lot to that. Um, I know some people have said we should, you know, if the, yes, maybe IPDs were unsustainable, but they should have just reduced them or said that they were going in the summer. Um, that 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 I'm not sure that would have been the right call. It might have felt like an easier call or a less painful call, but. It just delays the inevitable. People would still be trading on them. Going. People would still sell them. People, People would still, still sell the players on, on, on the day. And and uh, and ultimately, uh, it, it reduces your resources to do something new and to build something new. So I'd rather, yeah. My, my hope is that this is a kind of clear all the shit out of the way and then <laughs> and then and then rebuild because it's like, it's it's a rebuilding job. Let's be clear. This isn't. There's not going to be an announcement that suddenly takes us back six months and everything's fine and dandy. It's 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 a rebuilding job, but um, clearing everything out of the way. Um, there's a political consultant called Linton Crosby who's, uh, who helped Boris Johnson win the last election and the mayoral elections and so on, a very famous political consultant, who has this phrase about clearing the barnacles off the boat. Um, like, if you're going to win an election, you just clear all the shit off your boat so you can focus on one message and doing one thing well. The next question here from old man FI is play out the scenario of FI getting the next step right and wrong and how traders and the market will react to in each scenario. And if they do get it right, how quickly do you think we'll see positive sentiment and how long do you think it will take to repair that trust that we mentioned earlier? Yeah, I think, as I say, it's a, it's a rebuilding job. It's going to take time. Um, it's not a question of one announcement and everything's fine again, um, both, both in terms of getting the right infrastructure in place to get the product to where it needs to be and um in terms of rebuilding trust again after after a series of missteps 
um, but that they have to get the next announcement right. Um, it has to be something that shows grip, that shows that they understand the product, they understand traders, um, and that they have a sense of where they're going. I think it needs to be uh, quite comprehensive. So they may not be able to give a full plan for the next year, if you like, but I think it would be a shame if they just said, here's the replacement for IPD, thank you. Uh, and didn't talk a bit about um, the wider uh, project of rebuilding and what that will um, uh, will take. I think it's a chance now. Mike has cleared um, cleared the shit out of the way to um, to make a statement about what he wants to do with the company um, and what he wants to do with the product. So that's my hope for the next announcement. And and it doesn't have to be too granular, does it? No, it's not about, you know, on the 15th of March, we're going to do this. And on the 16th of April, we're going to do that. It's more about showing that he understands what's necessary, uh, the, 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 the why we have the problems that we have and the kinds of things that would it would take to, to, to remedy um, them. I don't, you know, amazing if he can, but I don't think he's going to be in the position in a couple of weeks to say, bang, here's a solution to everything and it's all lined up. But I do want him to to show he understands what the issues are, um, and uh, uh, and the kinds of things it would take to 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 resolve them. Our next question here is from Fi Headhunter. So this is where we maybe talk a bit about the the solutions or the the replacements. We hope replacements. They they didn't really use the word dividends in the comms. So who knows what will come with their next piece of communications? But Fi Headhunter from Twitter says, "What's the craziest suggestion you've seen from traders as a replacement for in-play dividends?" Um, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen very many. There haven't been too many crazy things, have there? Crazy suggestions. Um. I mean, I think most people have zeroed in quite quickly on a fairly narrow range of options, threshold payments being one, um, a kind of expanded team of the month or even a team of the week being another, um, some, you know, a set of something that isn't dividends and set of trading incentives, um, rebates, commission-based incentives, um, uh, and, and so forth. Um all of which seem possible. You know, they could come out with something completely left field, but um, but 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 those all seem fairly plausible guesses. I haven't seen anyone suggest we bring back uh, transfer um, divid- uh, dividends, uh, for instance, which would be a crazy suggestion. Um, or um, I have se- I have seen some fairly overcomplicated suggestions. There was one that payment payout should be based on the cost of the player. Yeah, I I don't think we should go down that route. No, I definitely don't think we should go down that route. I I, I kind of see where they're coming from. I I see what they're trying to do with it. It's it's about creating an incentive to raise prices, um, but it's way too complicated. Um, The, 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 you know, a player that costs £10 would pay out, you know, it would be 10% of price rather than a set amount. So a £10 player might pay out a pound, but a £1 player would pay out 10p. It's just it's just the incentive structure would get way overcomplicated. And I don't see how you'd sell it to new customers either. Yeah, I think something that you talked about 70 episodes ago, so this is about a year and a half ago, was to do some sort of uh, um, threshold dividend, right? Like payouts over certain performance buzz scores and that is something that has been speculated upon as the most likely replacement or the most likely new addition to to it um 
is that something you still feel strongly about? Yeah, so going back to what I was saying about the introduction of IPDs, I think the fundamental problem with the structure of the dividends that's been there since I joined, and I've been moaning about ever since, is that is that there aren't enough winners. Um, any good, uh, any well-designed um, gambling or gaming experience has a very simple reward logic to it, whereby there are lots of small prizes and the prospect of a big prize. At its most basic, whether it's a casino slot machine or Candy Crush or, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, whatever, the, the principles of, um, of of creating a positive experience for a gamer or a gambler are the same, that um, you draw people in by um, having a way for them to win um, small amounts of money um, and getting them excited about winning that. Um, but you have the prospect of a much bigger prize, which keeps people excited and engaged in a in a kind of um, longer term uh, way. Um, and that's got to be the structure of, of, of a successful performance based dividend for, for football index. The PB is a and team of the month as, 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 as are both uh, those longer term jackpot wins. Right. They, they're. They don't for for someone who has a portfolio of ten or twenty players, which I think is probably around the average. They're not going to happen very often, unless you have Messi, who seems to win all the time. But they're not going to happen very often. Um, but 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 they're exciting and they keep you in the race, and they're quite substantial prizes. So they're you know they're they're, they're worth winning and 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 definitely worth keeping. They also create a level of randomness in the product, which is essential for a gambling experience. Because if it's too predictable, it the it's too easy to work out what someone should cost and actually you yeah. don't get trading and you don't get any uh, interesting gambling experience there has to be a substantial level of randomness which has to come from this big prize but you also have to have the small rewards and that's why i've always been in favor of some kind of threshold payment um and there are any number of ways you could do it or set it but something which says which is independent of the main pb race and where anyone in your portfolio could win regardless of how anyone else scores is key for me yeah i, I think when i'd written some things in in the discord and a few other things I've, uh, on the newsletter i've talked about kind of like how it should make yields a bit more uh and a bit more easy to predict because i think the volatility of the payments currently alongside a liquid market that doesn't really have trust in the well lacking trust in the future of the product is creating a lot of these volatile price swings as well as you know um the mechanics that don't really work without liquidity uh i think that when you look at the threshold type of thing um if you can make it simple enough that it increases the enjoyment and fun of the 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 platform which is something i think mike talked about in his comms and it makes it a little bit more predictable in terms of predicting who will win or who can win those micro awards uh keeping people happy but there is still that exhilarating race for the big prize i think you could be on to a, a big winner and now i do think there are some issues i think that this matrix fundamentally doesn't really isn't really uh set up to reward those kind of threshold um things because i think it rewards certain actions probably too much so then maybe you have that kind of issue in the summer um but i do think that overall if you were to bring something in i do think it has to be something that adds a value to the whole market makes uh makes yields a bit more predictable and is simple and easy to understand yeah exactly um and uh it's something you know the the other advantage of it is that 
it uses the same deadlines it uses the same matrix it's not it feels like it's part of the same system rather than a completely different dividend that's uh, added on to, to bolted onto the to the mainframe um so i think that there are a lot of advantages on the matrix i've kind of changed my mind i, I think over time on this one I, in the past i've been fairly sort of fine with the, with the matrix as it is i think they made it better when they made the last set of changes um, but I have kind of been convinced that um, it, 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 it does need further work um, and that in particular, it does not reward positive actions. Um, it, it under rewards positive actions that aren't actually a goal or assist and under and over rewards um, uh, either neutral or negative actions like sideways passing um, and crossing out of play and so on. Um so I think there is uh, a need to, to to renew to review the matrix, uh, and I think that would um, change the profile of players who get to various thresholds. Um, I, I very much doubt they're in a position to do that now. So it may be, as you say, one for the summer. Um, one thing I did think you could do as a temporary stopgap. Not that I like temporary stopgaps, but um, there is you have got a number nine problem. Um, with the removal of IPD, um, as we've seen reflected in the prices, that your you know, Lewis Suarez, Benzema, Immobile types who who do okay, very occasionally win PB, but they're not really PB players. They they just score a lot of goals. I mean, Suarez, for example, hasn't hit over two hundred ever, or he hasn't done it in the last. He hasn't. He has done it because he has won PBs before, but he hasn't. He hasn't done it in. Not, I don't know. I don't. Well, know he's not going to do it very often of... at Atletico Madrid, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Um, under Simeone. Um, so, you know, players like that, how do you, how do you, you, you create some reward? Maybe, maybe you're not, you're not bothered, but it would seem a shame to leave that whole group of famous and uh, footballers out, out of the equation. Um, one way you could bring them in, I've thought is, is to say you do a kind of, um, as well as your thresholds on performance, you do a kind of hat trick and brace threshold where if they score two goals, you get a penny. If they score a hat trick, you get three P say, uh, um, just to ensure that there's some kind of permanent reward attached to regular goal scores. I'd much rather have the neatness of it all being covered by the matrix, but yeah. in the absence of that, um, that might be a way to make sure you just spread the value across across the market. Hmm. Got a question here from Darth Vader, not Darth, Darth, D-A-R-C-E. Interesting. What was the issue with in-play dividends in Germany? Did you find it weird that that cropped up in the communications? I think it's kind of PR stuff. Um, but a lot of people seem to think that there is some validity in the seemingly illegal in-play betting in Germany, or they don't allow it for some sort of regulatory reason. So, I'm no I, no expert on betting regulation in Germany. There are there are, there are limits to my levels of interest. In these <laughs> um, so I, I don't I don't have the definitive answer on that. Um, although various people have posted things that suggest that there is a genuine issue here. The only thing I'd say is that it's so random to mention Germany in the context of removing IPD. It's so random. That it makes me think there's probably something to it because why would you make that up? I mean, I, obviously holding out the carrot of, of, of other territories is something that um, they've occasionally done to, to sort of excite traders. But linking it to this when there's, if there really wasn't a link at all, would be just such a weird thing to do that I have. I kind of suspect there might be something to it. I mean, I would be shocked if FI opened up shop in Germany this year. Like, absolutely shocked. 
Uh, yeah, and I, nor, I actually don't think they should open up in Germany. I don't think they should do anything other than get their main product sorted you know, yeah. first. Um, I'd love them to expand um, globally at some point if it could be done in a way with pooled liquidity. If it can't be done with pooled liquidity, there's no advantage to doing it at all. Um, if there's ways of doing it with pooled liquidity in the long run, great. But right now, um, there's there's some bigger fish to fry. Yeah, absolutely. Massive, massive fish. Uh, far bigger than what we were just currently talking about. FI Charlie, who's great on the podcast when he appeared. Do you think FI underestimate the psychological importance of small regular wins rather than the big win every so often? I say this hoping for a threshold PB announcement. So, you know, we, we discussed this a little bit. You, you mentioned uh, whatever, whichever game that you play or gambling game that these small wins are important. Is there anything else that you can add to that from a psychological point of view? Yeah, I mean, I think we've 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 pretty much covered it, um, but um, I think if you are not convinced by what I've said, one other sort of point I'd make is just look at the reaction when you do have players who win PB a couple of times after each other, um, even if they haven't won much before, don't don't win much in the, you know again like the just having a few wins together can raise a player's price for months because uh that regularity of wins sticks in people's heads um so i just think um that one of the biggest problems with with with, with accurate player pricing is that wins pb wins are so rare and they don't and people don't remember them um so they look at a player yeah suarez might be a good example suarez has won pb in the past um uh, but but you 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 just don't think of him as a PB player because it's such a long time and it's going to be such a long time since he do, till he wins the next one. Um, that it's, it just makes it so hard to value players. Whereas a more regular award uh, will 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 help people think about okay, this player keeps hitting you know a penny, two pennies. This is a player worth having. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that kind of build up and i think there is also something more intuitive about the career of a uh, career arc of the player like if they um don't start very often like there is this kind of odd anomaly of the i call it maybe the leon bailey effect where it's a player that comes in every now and then well he used to before this season and do really well and maybe challenge for pb whereas like what you'd maybe more logically see is as this player starts playing more and performing more in a more regular fashion, they should be rewarded more often. Yeah, I think that I think that that um, that again is something that comes from having a more, a more uh, regular dividend. Just a, another point on the sort of the frequency point and why it makes it so difficult to make judgments about prices. I think Kevin De Bruyne is such a good case study in this. Um, you know, that he, he he scores well on PB, um, good game for PB, but his 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 frequency is if you draw it in a graph is mad. He, he won a whole bunch at the back end of 2019. They didn't win anything for like six months. Then won like five times in a row <laughs> over the summer because, you know, due to the to European competition and, and, and some other great performances on either sides of that. Uh, and then hasn't, I think, maybe won once since or not at all since. You know, so if you, if you even it out, he's, it's quite a good yield. But right now you're thinking he's not a good player to hold. He hasn't won in months. And the, and, the, and the wins might be in, in a month's time. So it's just that infrequency just makes it so hard to value players. If, he, if there was a regular uh, threshold award, he'd have won a fairly regular amount over the course of the season. I also think FI like makes time feel different. 
like a month in FI feels so long, doesn't it? So if a player doesn't win for ages, and I don't know why that is, it's maybe because we we are on it often or we think about it every day. It just feels like it's a, it's a long way away. Yeah, and if I'm honest, that's the entire basis of my trading strategy at the moment, which is, or has been for quite some time, which is just buy anybody that hasn't won for a while because at some point they <laughs> at some point they will again because they they're good. Yeah, you know, not anybody, anybody who's good at football and hasn't <laughs> won for a while uh, and has a reasonably good game for PB. Um, just just uh, buy them uh, when they're at their bottom because they haven't won for a while and they will win again at some point in the future. It's a very boring but nevertheless good trading strategy because because as you say, people just don't think about frequency in the right way. Got a question here from Daily. Oh, no, we don't. We've got a question here from Bobby Axelrod first and foremost. How much worse can things get? It feels like the... F- uh, the experience now uh, are just returning to prices that we've already seen. Um, it's like two steps forward, one step back. So them aside, what is the next red flag in your opinion? Um, I mean, look, everything can always get worse. I'm not going to sit here and say uh, this is definitely as bad as it's going to get, and everything's sort of rosy from here. Um, they've made a, they've made some serious missteps. They've lost a lot of trust. If they make if they keep making missteps and keep losing trust, they won't have a business. Um, mm. let's be honest um uh but i think it's quite interesting that the kind of level the market's at now is kind of where it's been for a while with with some fluctuation but um but it's just kind of it's got it's kind of flatlined it it bumped around for a bit at the end of you know dropped a lot bumped around for a bit up and down and it's just kind of flatlined at, at, at a fairly stable level for a month now um so it feels like what you have now is people who were, um, yeah, you know, people who wanted to leave have left, uh, people who wanted to leave have sold up, um, or who were unimpressed by order books and, and that experience have sold up. We're not getting many new users, understandably, um, and it's just the, the the sort of hardcore community just waiting to find out what happens next. And then when we find out what happens next, if it if it's the right path. Um, we start the rebuilding, uh, rebuilding effort. So I think this can de- this definitely can be the bottom uh, if if they if they start making the right steps from now on. Uh, I don't and I, and I think at the moment there's really not a lot going on. People are just waiting for for the announcement. Got a question here from Daily. Give three reasons why we should have faith in FI management team to turn things around. Three reasons. Wow, that's um, ambitious. Uh, he did say uh, give one if you can't if you think three is a stretch. <laughs> um, well, I think the first one I, we've talked a bit about before, which is that um, it is a new CEO, uh, and, a, and a, a lot of people have said, well, he was there all along, he's an internal appointment, that doesn't give me much confidence, which I do understand. But having been in an organisation that I felt was being badly run as a kind of senior executive, but not the CEO, I know it can be an incredibly frustrating place to be if you do have a different idea of how things should be working and would do things differently. Uh, and it can be, and it can be perfectly possible for a senior executive to have been in an organisation quite a long time, and yet step up to CEO and change things very, very dramatically. So I am being open-minded and giving him a shot and um, seeing what he comes up with, um, and uh, and that change uh, does give um, an opportunity for for, um, for for things to be turned around. Um, the second, if we can push for a second. 
um, would be that you know, underneath it all, at the core of all this, remains the same extremely good idea that's been there throughout that we all know could be a um, a very substantial chunk of the sports um, gambling market in this country, at least if they got it right. Um, and uh, some of the people there are still some of the people who came up with that idea and, and got it going in the first place and got everyone excited in the first place and made a lot of the right steps initially. Um, and uh, there is no reason why they can't recapture that and get us back to that, um, back to that sort of initial sense of excitement about what remains um, uh, an extremely potent and exciting way of, 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 of building, a, building a company. Um, and then I guess the final thing I'd say, I am going to go for three, is that, um, you know, I, I do think they are at least trying to engage more with, with the community now. Um, I think, um, they, they, they used to do that very little. Now they are talking to a lot more people, um, and that's why I say in the next announcement, I really want to see those conversations reflected. I want to see the um, understanding of the community starting to be starting to be reflected in the, those conversations that a lot of people have invested time and effort in starting to to really pay off. I mean, talking to your customers is always a good strategy in building a, a good product, isn't it? Indeed, indeed. Um, <laughs> and I know there's 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 always complaints and grumpiness about oh they're only talking to some people and not others um i actually think they've talked to quite a wide range of of traders um and have a had a, had a lot of views fired at them that can be quite confusing as well if lots of people are saying different things at you you know quite sure uh which one which path to go down but i do want to there, there's some things which almost every trader is is unified on like for god's sake give us some liquidity so hopefully um hopefully that will be that will be reflected just before we need move on, I need to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by The Athletic. They are a subscription-based sports news site delivering in-depth sports coverage, featuring football reporters you know and love like David Ornstein, James Pearce, Sam Lee and Rafa Honigstein. The Athletic is telling stories you won't find anywhere else. No ads or clickbait, just great sports writing. So for 50% off your annual subscription to the best sports writing around, go to theathletic.co.uk slash fig. It's £2.49 a month if you go for their annual deal. You bought anything recently, Sam, for more than £2.49? Uh, we never go out anymore. He's not even buying a thing. I, I mean, I buy stuff on Amazon. <laughs> I tell you, I want to buy a PlayStation 5 because oh. it's my kid's birthday this week and I cannot find a bloody PlayStation 5. So if any of your listeners can point me in the direction of where I can buy a pissing PlayStation 5 for my children's birthday, I will be eternally grateful, albeit that I'm happy to pay more than £2.49 for, for that. Well, yeah, if you're listening and you uh, you want to help the man out, give him a DM. Uh, we've got a question here from Finley Dexter. There is clearly nobody foolish enough to provide liquidity in a market that is a flawed pricing mechanic. So can you think of a reason why FI have persisted with this catastrophic VWAP of 900 shares? So I, before you, you get into this, I personally think that now that depth has come in, like the VWAP conversation is, is out the window, like... The, the curtain's been pulled back like we can't go back now um i was of the opinion that we moved to that system too quickly especially with with offers and and, and how everything went went down and uh some other form of vwap or, or price movement mechanic would have been more suited especially to a to a user base who didn't really understand how to use this thing but now that we have depth i think a lot of this conversation is a bit defunct 
Yeah, I mean, look, the 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 price of a share is 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 the lowest price someone's offering it. it. That that's the price, right? You 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 can't trick people into thinking it's a different price, um, and uh, uh, especially if you're offering them depth, they can just look and see that it's a different price. So, um, I, like the nine hundred thing, or you, make, you can make it five thousand, you can make it thirty. It's it's just meaningless. The price is the is the is the is the cost of the lowest price share, um, it, and that that's true in any market. You know, you go on to buy some buy some um, shares uh, on, on a normal market, and the price to buy those shares is the lowest price someone someone is offering to sell them at. Um, the problem is liquidity, right? Like in a in a highly liquid market, that's absolutely fine because the moment the price uh, dips um, to a point uh, a little bit, people will will buy it up and it will go back back up again. Um, and if there's a reason for the share price to fall, it will fall. And it, 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 that 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 that's how markets work. The problem with with our market is the, the, the is, is, is not the pricing mechanism. It's that there's no liquidity to support pricing. So it's just, mm. you know, people will can bring down a price and people won't necessarily step in to buy it up because there's just no one there to do that. Um, and if there was, it, it just wouldn't be a conversation. I think the other thing is um, if we want liquidity providers to come in, they might not want a view up. It's also, a, also no. I mean, they want the market to work like a normal market. I suspect. Um, so I just, I just don't think that's the problem. Um, the problem is, 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 uh, is, is lack of liquidity, which is, I'm, I'm sure, everyone's very bored of hearing that. But it is. Did you did you watch the the video or did you listen to the podcast with Boise about market makers? I think. Uh, no, I haven't had a chance to listen to it. Well, I mean, basically, the the cut of the jib was like. They probably are quite far away just because of how many things need to be done to uh, to allow market makers to operate uh, well in this market, I suppose. Yeah, um, that's probably true. And I'm certainly no expert on it. Um, but I think there's probably ways you, they could be a bit more creative with the mm. fact that they have their own uh, liquidity provider, which today has been used fairly haphazardly. Um, but but the cost to to create liquid markets now on say the top twenty five players is very small. Yeah, it really wouldn't cost them a lot of money to create liquid markets on that using using that liquidity provider. Um, so I, I can kind of understand why they haven't bought back an a, a, an IS. Um, I think they probably made commitments to to funders um, that they wouldn't do that. Um, albeit that I would have liked them to, uh, not now because I think it's too late now, but but a few months ago. Um, but I think they could be using the liquidity provider to build some markets on on uh, top twenty five, top fifty players fairly easily, and I'm not really sure why they're not. Um, so that would be a that would be an obvious step on the road to getting the sort of third party liquidity. Got a question here from FI IPO Scout. In regards to the psychology of trading, how much impact does market sentiment have on the FI market? And how difficult will it be for FI to turn the strong negative sentiment of the recent months around? Yeah, I mean, sentiment is everything in markets and confidence. Confidence and consistency is everything in markets. Um, you can see that uh, again um, 
see that with Bitcoin, right? Nothing's changed with Bitcoin in the last couple of months, but it's just suddenly gone boom, and then it goes down a bit, and then because um, because there's some positive sentiment created about it. So um, uh, markets are highly driven by um, the very human tendency to want to follow a crowd. Uh, both up and down, um, which is why counter counter trading strategies are so often extremely lucrative. And how Warren Buffett is a multi multi billionaire. Um, so, um, so I think the same the same has obviously has always been true of, of, of football index, and um, you know, a, a lot of the a lot of the that the current price is pricing in a hugely negative view about FI as a company and its its long term survival. I mean, the, the yields on almost every player on the index are absurd. If you think FI is a is a is a is, is a company is going to exist for ten years, um, so it's being priced as if it's going to to fail. Um, so it's about as negative a sentiment as you can you you can get. But I do think it's kind of flatlined, as I said. I don't, I, it seems now, now you, you've got people who are just have sort of got to where they're going to get to, and we're just waiting to see what happens next. Um, so I think it can be turned around, but I think it's going to be a, a a slow process, and I think it will be bumpy, and there'll be fluctuations, and it will there'll be a jump up, and then it will go down again. Um, but I think if they take the right steps, I think uh, by the summer we can. Um, have a product that is ready to to explode. I think they've lost a year, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that sentiment can turn quite quickly because prices going up, they don't necessarily need to just be bought up. They can be unlisted. Um, and the gaps between some of those offers will get bigger and bigger as you approach average offer price. Um, and yeah, like when sentiment turns, it can turn really, really quickly and it can, um, it can leave a lot of people in its wake. But I think we're quite far from that. If I need to do a lot to get us to that position, well, I think it will come about. in stages, right? It will, yeah. it will, it will come in bursts if they get it right. Um, it's not going to go from uh, where it is now to where it was overnight on the basis of one announcement, but it can go up a bit, and that can build confidence, and it can stabilize, and then, the, and then you know, it goes up a bit more, and people see the right things being done and the right steps being taken. Um, uh, and uh, as long as they see that, um, we 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 can, we can definitely get back to where we were, and we can start uh, on the path that I was hoping we were going to go down last summer. As I say, I think I think we've lost a year. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to, of work to be done, though, isn't there, Sam? You know, we, we just discussed uh, replacement for implied dividends, potential uh, matrix change in the summer. We've got the media that hasn't been sorted out yet. We've got market makers. We've got loads of trading functionality that needs to be done. You know. Um, uh, being able to bid on multiple uh, players with the same cash balance, uh, bidding and offering on the same side, editing bids, and all these perky functionalities that would make our trading experience better. It seems like there's a lot to do there. There's a lot of things you could do. New IPO thing as well, you know, loads. Um, which is why I think the one of the key things Mike is going to have to figure out is prioritisation, because you could do a lot of stuff. You can't do it all, and you certainly can't do it all at once. So what are the most important things to do? Uh, how do you focus people on doing those things? Uh, how do you show that the other things will come uh, and the sequence of things uh, without overpromising and without giving dates and roadmaps and so on? Um, and and how do you build that confidence back over time? They're not going to do all of those things at once. They can't do all of those things at once. And in fact, trying to do too much at once is probably one of the reasons they've got themselves into, into a mess. So... Um, just get, just start with 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 some low hanging fruit, some quick wins, and build it up, 
um, uh, over time. Uh, there's, and, and, and there's no reason why they can't do all of those things, uh, given the space. Uh, we've got a question here from Football Index Assist. With the amount of bargains on the platform at the moment, has this made you increase the amount of players in your portfolio? Yeah, it has. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm just... As a, because, because basically anyone who hasn't won for a little while, and it doesn't really take very long these, these days, so I haven't won for a few weeks, they just drop to a stupid price. So I just don't buy anyone who's won recently. Um, but, but beyond that, I'm just buying up everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, because my, my my sort of feeling is that under this div- dividend structure, where randomness is such a big element, the the way you beat that is by having a very large portfolio of players, um, and um, uh, and then you just rake in more and more divs. So that's what I'm doing. That's the strategy. I mean, I'm, I'm, just, I'm assuming the dividend increase at the start of the season also probably had an impact on that. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 the the yields are now so strong that if you were in a position financially to buy every player on the index that was in a PB league, um, then, you know, you'd be making 40, 50% a year um, yield. Um, and you can kind of replicate that with a smaller portfolio than that um fairly easily so that's what i'm trying to do um i'm i'm banking on it um on them turning it around uh, we've got one final question here from fi stretches from the fig discord um if sam had one minute to make a passionate speech about which uh which every person on fi heard what would he want to say <laughs> <laughs> i don't really do passionate that's not really my my nature um <laughs> If there was one thing I would want everyone on FI to to hear, if you're still on the platform and you haven't left yet and you would like the product to be successful, let's just be constructive for a couple of months. You've got a new CEO who's got a hell of a job on his hands, who uh, we all want to rebuild a product. Let's give him a chance and see if he can if he can do it without yelling every five seconds, without shouting at each other, without leaving stupid nonsense on Trustpilot um, and just create a bit of space um, so that uh, we can support them constructively to make the right steps um, and, uh, uh, and see how it goes. Um, and I think if everyone's just a bit calmer, which is the opposite of passionate, but if everyone's calmer um, and just... Um, uh, let's see how things play out over the next couple of months uh, and give it a bit of space because having a toxic community which is getting uh, upset and shouty in public is really, really unhelpful in that rebuilding process and will be guaranteed to set us back. Well, I think that's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for joining me, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, as always, great having you on the show. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, I am on Twitter at FISAM. F, and if you are really interested in pandemic stats and education policy, uh, I'm also at Sam FR, my um, normal account. Um, and then um, you, you can find me on Index Gain at Sam F as well. Mm, yeah, there's some weird cross section there where you might get an extra 20 or so followers that people are really, really interested in uh, epidemiology and education. <laughs>
<laughs> thanks so much for joining me uh thank you very much everyone for listening if you guys are commuting right now then stay safe wear your mask and all that jazz if you're not commuting doing whatever you're doing then uh you know also stay safe sorry to get to answer all your questions there was a ton of these for sam he's obviously a very popular man and uh, we'll have more for the next podcast for you next week. Thank you.